But excited for having you here today, looking forward to being able to minister to you. You know, I thank God that he gives us this incredible opportunity. I pray constantly that he will use my mind to think in and my mouth to speak from. And that same God will bless all of us with the spirit of discernment, of understanding. Bless us right now, Father, as we move forward. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone say it. Amen. Got a couple quick announcements to make. You know, in our effort to continue to serve you on every capacity that we can, you know, our live stream here on Tuesdays, and you could pick it up on Facebook, you could pick it up on YouTube, and I think Instagram, and all of those different kinds of things. But if you can't, we also have a Friday evening radio program on WAPN 91.5. At 7 p.m. on Friday evenings, it's a question and answering time. Question and answers from Pastor Ben. Now, that doesn't mean I'm the smart guy. It just means that I'll do my best to try to answer your questions. But we have a wonderful talk. Our host is Michael Delane. It's a wonderful program, but it's another effort in trying to serve you to make sure that we're keeping you connected. Again, WAPN 91.5, Friday evenings at 7 p.m. PM. Tune in. I think you might enjoy it. And also, right here at the church, every Monday morning, they have a sandwich ministry. They meet here at 9 a.m. and they make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to go into a lunch bag for the homeless or for anyone else. Well, they could use a couple more volunteers. So if you're thinking you're at home and you don't know what to do, listen, grab your mask, come on down here. And, and join in on the fun of making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You'll, look, you'll like the group. You'll like the people. All you have to do is call Sandy. Sandy's number is, you ready? 676-2456. Just give her a call, and she could do all the other coordinating for you. All right? Enough of the business is out of the way. Let's get busy into the Word of God. You know we're working on a series right now entitled Stay Battle Ready, a biblical approach to spiritual warfare and armor and we're getting close to the end next week will be our conclusion and we'll try to bring it all together but today man do we have a good one for today so if you don't mind let's get right into it listen call somebody let them know that we're on the air right now call them and let them know to watch to share you may even have some folks come over so we can share so listen ephesians chapter 6 We're going to read verse number 17, and this is in the King James Version. Again, we're talking about stay battle ready. And the the verse reads as, as follows. It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I like it when the Bible explains stuff to you so you don't get confused. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. So it says, and take the helmet of salvation. So what we have in this imagery that Paul has shared with us, these two other items. Again, we have put on a whole body of armor, and now we're about to don our helmet of salvation. A helmet of salvation. Let me say it one more time. A helmet of salvation. A helmet goes on your head, and that's where all of our thinking, processing, reasoning facilities reside. 
in your brain, in your mind. So what we want to do is make sure that the understanding of what salvation means starts up there, that we'll begin to get a good reasoning understanding of salvation. It will make its way down to our heart, but we do need to understand what it is. So it says to don that helmet of salvation. And again, in the imagery, a helmet is very protective. Roman soldiers had, again, very ornate helmets. They had two of them, one for parades and one for battle. The helmet they had for battle had dents in it. It had all kinds of stuff in it because they were accustomed and very comfortable with using that particular helmet. So when it came time for battle, they didn't want the ornate one for parades. They wanted to grab that helmet that they were familiar with, that they had a use of, that they were comfortable with. I need you to get this today. I really need you to understand. You have to develop a relationship to God that you're comfortable with. You must get comfortable in your relationship to God. Sister talked about, you know, Jesus died for us. You've got to have confidence in the finished work of Christ. Oh, I I need you to know how very important that is. Confidence in the finished work of Christ. John the Baptist seen him and said, look, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. Well, if that's what John the Baptist seen, that he realized what God sent Jesus here for so he could break the back of the power of sin in our lives and its consequences. So did Jesus finish that? Yes, he did. He also came that we would be saved. I need us to get this today because we're going to cover it. Saved. Saved. Think about this now. Saved. He wanted us to be saved. A lot of people have mental concepts of what that means. Saved for some people just means, you know, I'm safe to go to church or saved so I can dance at church or I'm saved so I can speak in tongues at church or I'm saved so I can do this. But I need us to know that is a bigger picture of what we were saved from. We know in the Garden of Eden... We were separated from God. It said, if you eat of that tree, you will surely die. We know that Adam and Eve did not physically die, but their death was a separation from God. God could not be where sin was, but because God loved us, he decided to save us from the trouble, the trials, the area, the tribulations of sin, which meant being separated from him. We were a very sinful people and everybody born after Adam were born sinful. So he wanted to save us from those consequences. So what did he do? He sent a sacrificial lamb to pay for the price that we owed, that we couldn't pay. (laughs) And Jesus did exactly that. He paid for that. So when he died on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. It's finished. What was finished? What he came here to do. He came to save us. He came to save us us save us from what save us from sin save us from hell save us from being separated from god did he accomplish that task yes he did now why is it important that you have this helmet of salvation you need to understand that because if you don't understand that you may enter into a confrontation with satan without having the confidence of knowing that you're saved Now, if you enter into a confrontation with Satan without having the confidence of knowing that you were saved by Christ, Satan is going to eat you alive. 
He's going to make you think that you're worthless and, and unworthy and all of those kinds of things. But in reality, we are. But because of Christ's blood, we become worthy. Does this make sense? Let's go to a couple of the verses. I think this may help us understand. The definition for salvation goes as follows. It says salvation is a Greek word meaning sozo. Sozo. It implies rescue from some life-threatening danger. A complete, everybody say complete, a complete deliverance provided by God through the actions of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A complete deliverance. I, 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 I wonder sometimes about how many times I sat in church and people told me, brother, you better get right. Brother, you better get right. You better get right. And I would <laughs> tremendously try my best to figure out what I was missing, <laughs> how I could make myself right. I would stop smoking for a while. I'd stop drinking for a while. I stopped doing stuff for a while. That stuff would always come back. And I would always think that, okay, God, maybe you should just give up on me. I had no idea that it was finished. I had no idea that Jesus had actually died on my behalf, that he had saved me from the consequences of those particular things. Now, I'm not telling you to run out of here and go drink and smoke because the pack of cigarettes on the side tells you we'll kill you. <laughs> we will kill you. So stay away from those things. But here's what I need you to know. The real sin is not believing in what God has done for you. I'll say it one more time. The real sin is not believing what God has done for you. Has Jesus died for you? Has he saved you? And has, is your deliverance complete? Did he leave anything out? Because if he left something out, we're in trouble. Because we'll never be able to figure out what he left out. But he didn't leave anything out because it's a complete deliverance. So I need y'all to go along with me today as we talk about salvation for a few. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the sword or the words of God. So let's go to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. We're going to read a couple of verses here that I think will give us a great understanding on salvation, about our complete deliverance from sin, from Satan. Man, I love this stuff because, again, so many of us struggle with how complete it is, or even if it is complete, and then we live our lives on a lower level. We don't live our lives in the victory which Christ has provided for us. So, Pastor Ben, what are you talking about? If you know you've been delivered from the enemy, if you know that the battle has already been won, then you don't walk afraid. You don't walk full of fear. You are walk thankful. You walk glorious. You walk majestic because you know God has done this. You don't walk thinking more highly of yourself than you ought, but you begin to reign in life because there's a confidence there that comes with that helmet of salvation. There's a confidence that lets you know, you know what? Jesus did this. Can anything defeat Jesus? The word of God says that all things are under his feet. All things. If all things are under his feet, all means there's nothing left. So when Satan comes against you, if you have this understanding, his fiery darts will be quenched. 
by your shield of faith, but also supported by your helmet of salvation. Titus chapter 3. We're going to read from the Amplified Translation in this particular case. Listen closely. It says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior to man, as man appeared. Now, who's our Savior? Jesus. He did what? He saved us. Saved is a past tense word in this particular sentence. You know, we Christians mess up tenses better than anybody in the world. We confuse the tenses all the time. Past tense means it's already done. It's not, it's past tense, it's already done. So he said, he saved us, not because of any works of the, of righteousness that we had done, but because of his own pity and mercy. By the cleansing bath of the new birth, the regeneration, and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Now hear me. The Holy Spirit, we believe in the triune God. The Holy Spirit can't live in you because God can't be where sin is. So it's either you have complete deliverance for the Holy Spirit to live in you or we got a problem. It's either we've been washed clean and the Holy Spirit lives in us. The only way the Holy Spirit can, because God will never change his mind about sin. God will always feel about sin the way he did before. So if, he, if, if the Holy Spirit lives in us, which it does, then that means we've been cleansed from the inside out. Does everybody get that today? Are you sure? Okay. Again, helmet, you got to put that in your mind and make its way to your heart. Which he poured out so richly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And he did it in order that we might be justified by his grace. By his favor, holy, undeserved, that we might be acknowledged and counted as conformed to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action, and that we might become heirs of eternal life according to our hope. So is our salvation complete? It's complete because we didn't do it. It's complete because Jesus provided it for us. Why did he do it? Love. How did he do it? Grace. You know, I, I wonder sometimes about folks. And I cry and I pray that they can get this. See, because, you know, sometimes we walk around with a spiritual limp. We've been limping through life. Trying to... Reach to a God who already reached down to us. We're trying to complete a task that's impossible for us to complete, not realizing that God has already done it. So if you can visualize God in heaven saying to us, I'm sending you my son. My son is going to die for you even though you don't deserve it. My son is going to completely save you so you will be justified. You will be restored. You will have reconciliation with me. So 
Jesus dies for us, we accept Jesus, we confess it with our mouths and believe it in our hearts, we are then spiritually transformed from this world of darkness and brokenness into this world of safety and justification and reconciliation. Again, it is a spiritual transformation. It takes place spiritually, which we can't see. But the thing that makes us powerful is our faith in what God has done. Our faith in what his word says. Because when you believe it, it's real. I said, when you believe it, it's real. So for us to grasp that, how complete is this salvation? It's a complete deliverance. Complete. So my question to you today is, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for something else to come? Oh, brother, I need something deeper. Man, you can't swim that well. (laughs) There is nothing deeper. This is it. We're not done. Let's go to another verse. Pray God this is helping you today. Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to read a couple verses there. Also from the Amplified Translation. It reads as follows. It says, since all this is true. All the stuff we just talked about, since all of it is true, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard. Lest in any way we drift past them and slip away. The promise or the truth never stops being the truth. Your mind will slip away. Doesn't change the fact that Jesus completed everything he did, but your mind will slip away and make you think that it's not done. Oh, I need you to get this today. That's why the helmet goes on your head so you can understand we stand on these truths. Even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it doesn't look like it, even when the situation seems to be chaotic and crazy, we stand on this truth. Wonderful illustration is Jesus walking on water. He gets close to the boat and Peter sees him. And at first everybody thinks it's a ghost. And and Peter says, Lord, if that is you, bid me come to you. Now, nobody that we know of walks on water. But Peter sees Jesus doing this thing. But Peter then says, Lord, bid me come to you. Jesus says, come. And as long as Peter's faith was in the Savior and his eyes were on the Savior, then Peter walked on water. I've said it before, I say it again. Water always represents chaotic stuff. It represents chaos. It represents all the things that we cannot control. If you don't believe me, run to your kitchen right now and bring me a handful of water. You can't control that. But here's Peter, because he got his eyes on Jesus, he's walking on the water. As long as he keeps his eye on Jesus. I need us to get this, brothers and sisters. Jesus came for that fact that we can walk above our circumstances. That we can learn to walk above these situations. Stuff is going to happen in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. So your job is not to figure all this stuff out. Your job is to keep your eye on the one who was above all these things. And he will bring you through. Let's read on. It says for them, for if the message given through angels... The law spoken by them to Moses was authentic and proved sure and every violation and disobedience received an appropriate, just and adequate penalty. How shall we escape 
appropriate retribution if we neglect and refuse to pay attention to such a great salvation as it is now offered to us, letting it drift past us forever. For it was declared at first by the Lord himself, and it was confirmed to us and proved to be real and genuine by those who personally heard him speak. Besides this evidence, it was also established and plainly endorsed by God, who showed his approval of it by signs and wonders and various miraculous manifestations of his power and by imparting the gifts of the Holy Spirit to the believers according to his own will. So God sent his son to save us. Then he verified the fact that he sent his son to save us. Then he verified the fact that we were saved by sending miracles and all kinds of things to support what we were seeing and sometimes maybe even doubting. He sent all those things so we would have this eventual confidence of knowing you are saved. I said you are saved. What about judgment day, brother? Well, guess what? Judgment doesn't always mean bad. If you went to court and the judge judged you innocent, that wouldn't make you frown, would it? That would make you happy. So on judgment day, if you are already saved, what will your judgment be? Well done, my good and faithful servant. So I need you to not get twisted thinking that there's something left out there that there's a subsection left open that you didn't know about and God didn't tell you about and he's going to reveal it on judgment day. No, it is complete. It is effective. It is done. And we need to grasp onto that and walk in a power of knowing that we are saved. We're just going to take a quick few minutes and talk about the sword of the spirit or the word of God. Let's go. It says the sword of the spirit cuts through our confusion, ignorance, and fear. Why is the helmet and the sword together? Because when confusion comes, the sword cuts through it. When confusion sits on us, the sword cuts through it. When fear comes, the sword cuts through it. When ignorance tries to rest itself in our heads, the sword, the word of God, cuts through it. So let's just read a verse that will help us with this. We're going to Hebrews again in chapter chapter 4. And it reads as follows. It says, for the word of God, (laughs) for the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two edged sword penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul. And the immortal spirit. This thing is cutting through soul and spirit. We can't even begin to tell the difference between those two things. But this word of God is cutting between those two. Listen. And of joints and marrow. I don't know about you. Growing up, when you, you know, Sundays when you had fried chicken. (laughs) You know, when you had a lot of people in your house, you were lucky to get a chicken wing or something like that. But you broke the bone because there was some marrow inside that bone. 
But it it was hard to, I never knew that existed until I seen one of my uncles break it and, and kind of suck on the marrow. I'm going, wow, that's pretty cool. But joints and marrow, joints and marrow. We can never really tell the difference between those things. But it's important for us to understand the word of God is able to do that. Listen closely. It says, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature. Now, that's scary, isn't it? See, because we're some messed up folk, aren't we? We get some messed up ideas, some crazy concepts and things that kind of grow up in us because we live in a world that is tainted and broken. So some of these things will come up. But the word of God says it will cut through that. Why is that important? See, because if you are completely delivered, then all you owe God is praise. You don't owe him anything other than love and praise. But understanding that causes you to change how you live. So listen to me. We talked about the caterpillar and the butterfly. The caterpillar transforms into this butterfly. A magnificent creature. They don't look anywhere alike. Nobody could ever tell you that those two things were connected in any way, shape, or form. But the butterfly will take flight. It'll live above its circumstances. But every now and then, it will land back down on the ground. And when it does, does it become a caterpillar again? No, it continues to be a butterfly. Listen to me. When you are completely saved, you are completely saved. And every now and then you're going to do something stupid. But then the helmet of salvation will teach you and the word of God will show you that Christ's sacrifice was eternal. Christ died for us eternally. So what do you do? You get, get up. Don't wallow. Get up. Don't try to come up with a different kind of prayer to grab God's attention. He's already done what he's done. He wants you to take advantage of what he's done. I hope this makes sense to you today. It says exposing, I love this part, and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. We can't hide from God. He knows who we are. But think about this. (laughs) He knows us. And he still sent his son to die for us. I don't think we understand that. I don't think we understand that he knows us and he still loves us. I, it's mind blowing to me. It humbles me. It causes me to thank him every single day that he saved a knucklehead like me. Why? Because of the word of God. Let me finish this thing. (laughs) It says, and not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight. (laughs) But all things are open and exposed, naked and defenseless to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And as much then as we have a great high priest who has already, everybody say already. He has already ascended and passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. Got, you know, this other verse I'm going to read to you next week because it's going to take a little time and I wanted to do something special at the end of service today. So here's what I need you to do. <laughs> I need you to put your helmet on. I really need you to think about how effective How incredible God's word is. 
I need you to think about a God who inspired men to write down this incredible message that we have. To put it in print. And I need you to know that the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, is complete from Genesis to maps. That's what the old preachers used to say. <laughs> from Genesis to maps. You know, almost all Bibles got maps at the end. It's completely true from Genesis to maps. So what am I telling you? There's nothing else that has to come. There's not a book after Revelations. There's nothing else that needs to come. It is complete. The message is complete. What we have to do is accept what is already done. The finished work of Christ on our behalf. You're saved. And the sword will help protect you when Satan comes after you. Just like your shield will quench all the fiery darts, that sword, which is sharper than any double-edged sword, will cut away all the stuff that Satan will try to tell you. So in closing, I want you to know, he's going to come after you, especially right now. Man, it is so chaotic in our society. It's so crazy. And people are trying to take sides and make decisions. Oh, no, they're not protesters. They're rioters. Oh, no, this is that. And this is this. Oh, no, this is my heritage. And, and this is a, Oh, no, this is such a... All this stuff is going on. And we're stuck trying to figure that out. Guess what? You don't have to figure it out. I'm trying to tell you something today. When God told Moses to go to Pharaoh, the promise of the, the land of milk and honey was already done. It wasn't a guess. It wasn't a maybe. When he sent Moses to Pharaoh, he already told Pharaoh, my children are going to go to the land of milk and honey. They're going to go to Canaan. Are y'all following me today? So it was already done and it's already done for us. I don't care what you see. The body of Christ wins. Jesus does not lose. I don't care how crazy it gets. I don't care how bizarre it looks. We don't lose. The body of Christ wins. So what do you do? You put on your helmet of salvation. And you walk in confidence that you've been saved, not by what you have done, but by what Christ has done for you. You take out your sword and you stand there. And when ignorance comes, when fear comes, when doubt comes, I need you to swing your sword every now and then and dice and slice that stuff to get it out of your way. Are y'all with me today? Praise the Lord. I'm going to say a quick prayer. I'm going to have Brother Kevin come back up here. And then we're going to move on with some of the things we want to do today. Father. I thank you for giving us this opportunity. What an incredible God you are to bless us with this insight. Words cannot explain how incredible you are. But we thank you, Father, for sozo. We thank you that you heal us both physically, spiritually, morally. You have done all of that. Now, Father, we're going to wear our helmet. Of salvation. We're going to wear it proudly because we didn't put it on our head. You did. Do I deserve it? No. But I'm thankful, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Father, we thank you right now in Jesus' name. And everybody say it.